All right, there we go. We have quiet on the set. I have the green light from our director here in the Schultz's basement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. We got a banger cooking up for you guys this week. I always do my best, but uh, got a good little squad of guests here, good squad of co-hosts. Uh, virtually, I have Jack Agner here. Jack, how we doing? Checking in. Doing great. Uh, unfortunately, we were back virtual. I really liked being in person, yeah, but as always, we're we're making do with what we got. So and let's then do it. To my right, I also have Kyle Schultz as well. Kyle, good to have you back on the pod. Good to be back. I'm having a very good week. Oh, Kyle's having a good week. He's in chill mode. He's on vacation mode. <laughs> oh yeah. For the viewer, I'll paint the picture to the viewers. I'm wearing some pajamas, a sweatshirt. You know, I got my socks on. I'm all comfy. Got his socks on. That's how you know he's in yep. vacation got mode. My, my comfy socks. Hey, socks on can really change the whole vibe of a day though. If you're barefoot, you're a little chilly, like you're trying to like chill and enjoy yourself, you throw on a good pair of socks. <laughs> and something about brand new socks, too. Yep. Brand new socks are the best. All right, proceeding. Um, real quick, I wanted, to, I wanted to clear the air before I even talk to you and Kyle about this topic, but I think there was some confusion, and it was mostly my fault from when I spoke about this. But remember how I was talking about my time-stamped Snapchats of Thanksgiving yes. dinner? Yes. Yes. So I posted those on our Instagram, of course, and there was like a nine-minute gap from my full plate to my empty plate and everyone was like oh nine minutes like i thought this was a speed run this thought this was a speed run and yes i kind of phrased it like yeah i scarfed down my food and take the picture but i mean you can't really speed run thanksgiving it's it was more so i just do it to document i don't know i just do it to do it because obviously yeah. i'm trying to be courteous to my family members who are in attendance i'm having a conversation i'm watching football so no i don't just like hit my phone timer and then just like devour my thanksgiving dinner <laughs> that my family works super hard to cook i do take my time and enjoy the food however i just do the timestamps because i thought it was kind of funny five six years ago when i started doing it Anywho, yeah i mean yeah <clears throat> nine minutes is pretty impressive nonetheless though yeah i mean it's i think it's still funny to see like it actually yeah. it actually documented so, i will uh, say tommy i enjoyed your live updates like of the lions game and you had like you posted a dude, story of like your breakfast and it was it was funny it's very literally the day went like so it was just such a stereotypical thanksgiving and to, so much to the point where like my uncle walks into the basement where i was and they're like he's like what do you think the lion's gonna pull it off today and i'm like here's here's what's gonna happen uncle gary we're going to score a touchdown here and take the lead 14-13. to 13, I guarantee it. And we're going to think we have the slightest chance, and the Browns are going to get a last-second field goal, and we're going to lose 16-14. to 14. Bears, That's why Bears. you guys – or the Bears, sorry, not the Browns. Um, and uh, so then when you hear me in the, snap, or in the story I posted, I was like, it's like clockwork, because I literally told them exactly <laughs> what was going to happen, and it's year after year after year, guys. It's no surprise to our Lions fans. That's why I said you can't get emotionally invested. It's just – it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Bound- Tommy, I'm sure you have Ward's Snapchat. Did you see the story he posted of his dad? Yes. He's like <laughs> cracking up. And so, so you run the ball on third and 20. You run it. And Ward is just dying. Dude, <laughs> I just don't understand. What really frustrated me, frustrated me about that game was they called, there was a timeout that was called. We called two timeouts, which I don't even want to get into that situation. A coaching mistake. But nonetheless, there was a timeout where we had a chance to talk things over. And anyone who has... Even a mediocre knowledge for football, let alone an NFL coaching staff and NFL players, should realize here that the Bears do not want to score a touchdown. They want to get a first down and be short of the goal line to run out the clock and kick a game-winning field goal. So your option as a Lions defense is to A, let them score a touchdown, or B, stop them short of the first down. What do we do? We line up our players like on the goal line, beyond the first down marker, and literally just give them exactly what they wanted. It made zero sense to me. I still don't understand what happened 
or why it happened, but I was never given an explanation. I didn't really look for one. Anyway, I'm, I can't talk about the Lions anymore. But, Jack, how, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> My Thanksgiving was good. Unfortunately, I really made an effort, you know, a conscious effort to actually take a picture of my food like you did as well. But mm-hmm. I think I'm just so ingrained as, you know, from a child to not have your phone out at the table yeah, that it, it is pretty- I immediately sit down and I just start eating. And then it happened twice. I actually had two Thanksgiving dinners. I had one at my girlfriend Sarah's house and one at my house. You doubled up. I double dipped. I double dipped a little bit. I didn't get a picture at either one. And I've I forgot the first time and I was like, all right, I'll get it at the second one. Forgot again. So that one's on me. I wanted to show you guys my plate as well, but that was a that was a slip up mentally there. I was just too excited to eat the food. God man, I got no problem with being single when you put it like that. Oh man, I got a new mission for next year. I think <laughs> Thanksgiving dinners. I I'm gonna be honest. That second meal, I went to some dark places to finish my plate. <laughs> it was it was. I can eat a lot of food for sure, but that one, I really stretched my limits on that. Oh, I'm sure. sure. But you kind of have to be to be courteous to the chefs. I mean, to be yes, courteous to the cooks, absolutely. You can't, you can't not clean your plate on Thanksgiving. Like absolutely. I was and both both meals were were phenomenal. So it wasn't it wasn't difficult on that front. I will say, Jack, I did try the cranberry sauce. You know, I enjoyed it. It added a little different vibe to the turkey. I can't lie. It does. Just, it, you can't, it, you can't it wakes go in, it up. Yeah, it wakes it up a little bit. You can't go in for too much. Just a, just, no. a, just a touch of it on each little yeah. forkful of food is pretty good. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm glad you tried it. I think it's great. Kyle, how was the uh, Schultz Thanksgiving experience this year? It's pretty good. I mean, typical, like you said, watch the Lions lose, have our nice dinner. Family came over, play some games. The, the family game night's always fun. I know. We didn't do, like, any... We were talking about that um, over the weekend, how like we thought um, we should do like more on Thanksgiving because we all just kind of sit around all day and it's not really like interactive and we get tired because you know it's a, it's a long day. Then you eat a lot of food and you're tired after that. So trying to spice things up maybe next year, but a great holiday. Like we said, it's all it's our favorite holiday. Um, no yep. complaints out there. I hope all you guys that uh, listen to this podcast had a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends as well. Um, but other than that, now I guess we got the the next set of holidays in the clock. I think I think. Uh, I may be a day or two off here, but I think Hanukkah's kicking off like right now. Might even be today is the first day at Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah. Yeah, today's the first day. I'm correct. November 29th, first day at Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. And then we got Christmas coming up in about a month from now, so I'm looking forward to that. This weekend was the big sale weekend. Um, I spent, I mean, not too much money. I was being courteous, but I did. I, it was just put it in the cart and buy it. No hesitation. Stuff was selling out, man. <laughs> Clothes and stuff like that. So I bought my, uh, they won't hear this, so I'll say it. I think my best gift so far, even though it's not for a person who I'm like even that that close with, but my cousin, um, she's a big fan of Taco Bell. Her and her fiance, and I'm a big Taco Bell guy as well. So I was looking for like something cheap, like a knickknacky thing, like represent Taco Bell, just kind of like the thought that counts type thing. So mm-hmm. Taco Bell actually sells official merchandise. Do you guys know that? No, that's they have a though. Taco Bell shop. Just like Live Moss, yeah, like across it's the chest. Like, it's a free plug. It's like TacoBellShop.com, I think, and there's actually a good selection of stuff. So I'm looking for like a keychain or just something small to like give to her as a joke. <laughs> but for forty dollars <laughs> for forty dollars, they have a blanket that looks like a Taco Bell burrito wrapper. I thought that was too oh, good great. to not buy. So I bought Perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> I thought it was too Perfect. good to not buy. A little housewarming. That's a gift. gift that keeps on giving. She'll I mean, use that blanket and think of you all the time. Exactly. So it was it was too good not to buy. So I'm looking forward. It's 
it's not even like I said, it's the thought that counts. When I see her open it, it'll be a, it'll be a funny moment. I think they rob you. Forty bucks for a blanket? I mean, it's a plush blanket. I'm hoping it's, it's good quality. It's a nice blanket, all right. It it's better top be. Notch. Okay. There was other ones too that were they had like a hot sauce packet <laughs> wrapper. But I thought the burrito one was just like. Is clean. it branded though? Do you got a big like bell on there, Taco Bell? No, it's literally like the burrito wrapper, like the white. So like, what they wrap your food in is what it looks like. There's no logo though or anything. I mean, I'm sure there is, but it has like the different variations of like you know when they wrap your fast food like McDonald's, like yeah. it's like labeled with what it is. Yeah. Like so that wrapper has like on the four corners it has the four different burrito names. Like it looks like the white <laughs> burrito wrapper. I'll have to post a picture of it, but I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. Got a couple other I think things it's a as great well. Gift, I, th- I think so too. I, I think, think you I got schemed a little bit. But yeah, forty bucks <laughs> was a little over budget. <laughs> but hey, it's it's uh in the long run it's 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 a small price to pay. We're looking forward to Christmas. Those of us that celebrate, I know for sure, New Year's Eve always a good time too. But we're still kind of, I think, all wrapped up on this MLW World Series and how fantastic that was. So today, I tried to assemble a squad, a dream team, you could even say, of the elite athletes that were involved in that series, including Kyle Schultz, Jackson Pearson, Jimmy Norp, and Jonah Heath. We got them all on the line today, folks. So, fellas, feel free to unmute yourselves. And uh, welcome to Pipe It Up, a little group, a little group podcast here. What's up, boys? What's up, guys? Good to be here. Good to oh, be back on Pipe the, It Up. There's Jim. There's the voice of the North. How's it going, everybody? We got Pearson in here. We got Heath, I see right there. Oh, baby. We'll do Great our best. Great to be in here. Yeah, what's up, Jackson? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. So, Jack and I have prepared some from, from questions. Uh, first off, I just want to say congratulations to all you guys on a hard-fought series. Um, I don't think the fans were disappointed at all with the outcome. Even if you were a Cats fan, you couldn't hang your head at the at the effort that was put forth by your by your squad in the purple and gray. So um, I guess I'll start it here. Jack and I, like I said, prepared a little bit of uh, some interview questions for you fellows just to break down the series and the minds of who actually played in it for all those that watched at home. So I'll start off with a couple of the Wildcats here. I'm going to ask the same question to both Kyle and Jackson, but I'll start with you, Kyle. And that's uh, you've played in a lot of World Series over the years since you were 10 years old till now when you're 22. Um, and like, how do you think this World Series stacked up in terms of, or compared to your previous ones, in terms of like the competitiveness and the intensity? I think it was the best in all of those categories. And I think it was just such a good representation of the sport of wiffle ball in MLW. Like, I, I mean, just the wiffle ball talent displayed was incredible. From pitching to hitting to defense, we had it all really. And we went as far as you could go. Um, fi- you know, extra Literally. innings in a game five. So, I mean, what more can you ask in the best season we've ever had? Um, Norp had some clutch moments of home runs and. Uh, Sailor was hitting home runs. There's, I mean, there's countless defensive plays. You know, you talked about it a lot in the mm-hmm. broadcast, but my goodness, dude, it it was such a, a entertaining product, and I was so proud of just the way we played and like we performed really well. The D-backs were the, I'd say, like the pretty easy favorite going into it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, pushing them to five and even more than just the regulation yeah, and I in mean, five, like I think it was just an incredible World Series and yeah. the best probably we've ever had. Yeah, I said it last week. I think if you play ten series, I think it actually might have been five five. Yeah, I like, think it, it was, would too. It was so tight. So now, Jackson, um, a little bit different for you. This is the first, your first season in your first World Series. So, like, in terms of your expectations versus, like, how it actually played out, like, what do you think, what was going through your head in terms of the intensity and the competitiveness of that series compared to, like, a regular season series? I mean, there was some adrenaline flowing for sure. I mean, I was really excited. And, obviously, Jimmy and the D-backs, they have some of the, arguably the best, uh, team of all time here in MLW. So I, I was excited because it was best of the best. I think we were the best two teams going into it to start, which I was really excited about. And then to take it five games was <laughs> awesome. Obviously it wasn't the um, ending we wanted, but it was a great series. Both teams 
like you guys said, countless defensive plays, and both teams were just uh, a game all all series, which was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Would you say it felt a little less uh, like I don't know, a little less friendly out there, a little bit more competitive, a lot more at st- at stake? Hundred percent. I I was I was getting down on myself sometimes, um, but at the same time, I have to I have to remember that it was my first World Series, which was. Yeah, great experience, but definitely there was some uh, competitive spirit going around there. So it was yep. awesome to see. Yep, absolutely. All right, Jack, your turn. Yeah, yeah. We well, we obviously touched there on the the intensity of the of the World Series and just how it played out. But you know, specifically, Kyle, um, how do you your experience? Obviously, you've been here, but how do you stay so calm and focused during something that's so intense? Because I, you know, watching these videos, I try to you know, put myself in your guys' shoes, envision myself being there one day. And I think that's something that I would challenge with, be challenged with just on that big stage. So what do you, you know, say to yourself? What do you say to Jackson and Nick, you know, going through all the ups and downs and the intensity? Um, I kind of just tell them, like, just forget, like, you know, this video being posted on YouTube. Like, we're out here and it's only us in the Meadows. Like, it's just us playing a wiffle ball game like we did when we were kids. Just, like, just have fun. I think that's kind of the mindset we have going into every single series. It's like, uh, just play as hard as we can and live with the results. Like, don't don't let the pressure like get to you at all. Uh, I mean, but I'm not gonna lie. They they're such a good team that they they're like they put the pressure on you just with their offense and then Norp Norp with his his crazy pitches. Heath too. Like, it's definitely hard to keep pace with the D-backs, but um, in a sense, I, I feel like that kind of um, allowed us to like play with no hesitation and kind of just yeah. com- combat them with our best as well. Yeah. And I mean, you've been around since the very beginning, obviously, been involved in a lot of World Series. Would you say that this was, you know, obviously you guys were very close teams, but would you say this was the best team you've ever played against in MLW? I think so. I think the Gators last year were really, really good, and I thought it'd be really tough to beat that team because Cheatham and Jorgensen were really good in that World Series, but just the camaraderie that Shima, Heath, and Norp had together was really just unlike I've ever seen before. Like, the defensive plays they made, I've never seen ever in MLW. Um, just how, how well they gelled together is something that there's, it's not going to show up in the box score, and I, th- I think really mattered in the series, and ultimately is, ultimately is why they won. Like, these kids, they grew up to, uh, together, like they'll say in a second, but um, I, j- I just think beyond the stats, they were the closest team I think I've ever seen outside of any Wildcats teams. I mean, like, me and Tommy back in the day, we were obviously, like, we had great chemistry and stuff, but these, this is only their second season in the league, and I thought they just played so well together and they're obviously really talented too so it just combined for a a really good season for them i think you're right i feel like even thinking back to me and you like i think chemistry has the biggest effect on defense i don't know why Oh, i agree it's just because you know so close because like like, you know what they're thinking and like you end up in the right spot just naturally like when you're trying to get a force or a tag out Mm -hmm. stuff like that now james first off congrats on the ring um but i wanted to ask you and i i think you probably have a similar answer to sailor but who knows but you know deep into that series um, it's no secret that you were getting intentionally walked quite frequently, and you got to say it's smart on the Wildcats' part, given that you were the most probably consistent and dangerous bat throughout the series. But, like, how do you take that? Is it frustrating? Is it, like, almost a relief because, like, oh, it's not on me to be the guy? Or is it just, like, you're getting impatient? I don't know. What's going through your mind when it's just you get to bat, and then the next thing you know, you're setting your bat down and walking down to first? Right. So I wouldn't say it was frustrating. The thing was, when I wasn't getting intentionally walked, I feel like I was pressing. Like in game five, you saw me swinging at a lot of balls, things that I normally don't do. It's because I realized, like in game five, I came up with the bases loaded. They had no place to put me. 
And I remember telling myself, this might be my only chance to do something this game, so I need to hit. Mm-hmm. And I ended up swinging the ball four and striking out and wasn't happy about it. But, you know, I always had confidence in my teammates. I kept telling Jonah and Shima, like, these guys are good hitters. It's only a matter of time before they step up and do something. If they keep seeing Kyle, they're going to figure him out. They're good hitters, and I'm expecting bigger things out of them next year. I think one of them is going to be better than I am for sure. Ooh, so I was I never it. really that fr- I was never really that frustrated while being intentionally walked because mm-hmm. I always knew my teammates were there to back me up. Mm-hmm. Got to mention that Jimmy's sporting the 2021 MLW Champion T-shirt, available now on yep. MLWmerch.com if you want to get one for yourself. Shameless plug. Yep. And I want to add to that too, Tom. I thought I think it was bottom five. The enemy walked it up. There was two outs, and I came up, and I got intentionally walked. It was funny because I turned back at the camera and I said, "I don't even have a hit this game." Like that's the only <laughs> part. But I was like a little frustrated. I looked back. I was like, "I haven't even touched the ball this game." So it was pretty funny to me. But we ended up we ended up winning the game in the end, and that's all that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Nice work. Did you did you did this series like go the way that you thought it would, Jim, or were you kind of expecting to uh, to have a little bit more dominance out there? Oh, no, absolutely not. I was expecting this game to probably go five. I was actually shocked, like, how much all the fans thought we were favored. Like, we're talking about the Wildcats who have Kyle, who's one of the most experienced players of all time. And not only that, but I'm pretty sure that him and Nick Saylor are probably the two best hitters in the league. And then you have Jackson Pearson, who that kid can – he's just lightning in a bottle. He can strike at any time. So I thought the series was pretty evenly matched. And just like Tom said, I think if we played ten times, it would probably end up being five-five. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, this I is. I feel like sure. this is not the last time we'll meet, Jim. Oh. No, definitely, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. I would, I would love to f- our rematch. I'd be looking forward to it. That's gonna be the mo- probably the most anticipated series of all time. Do you play each other next year? I oh, think you my. do, right? Yep. Regular yeah, season. Do. Yeah, we do. Oh. There's there's murmurs of opening day yeah. matchup. There's always a little chatter. <laughs> oh, there's chatter. <laughs> there's chit chat. It's the word on the street. <laughs> it's it's popping up in message boards. Mm-hmm. Heath, did you feel like a heavy favorite coming into the series, or were you more with Narp being at more of a 50-50? I think, like, obviously, coming from the fans, yeah, it's like, oh, D-backs this, D-backs that. You know, everyone's rooting for us, pulling for us. But, like, yeah, being in the league, being a player, like, looking at it, I was like, this is about 50-50. Like, one bounce, one play, one hit, like, is going to win a team, like. The World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look, agree. Look at them. They got their, yeah, their he, matching tees on, the on there. There's just this, no, <laughs> no shame. Was this planned? <laughs> Not at all. Not planned. Wow, respect. Jonah, did, were you expecting to, to pitch in this series as much as you did? And uh, also just kind of, you know, when you were out there, what was your overall approach, obviously going through that gauntlet of a lineup that the Wildcats had? No, I was not, like, I was thinking maybe, you know, I'll get game maybe two, and we played pretty much three games in day one. I don't think I've ever pitched two games in a day, and when I got the call game two, I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I kind of had their numbers, so Jimmy's like, go again, and I was like, whew. Like, thank God my arm was fresh, because, like, sometimes my arm just can't even go two games, and somehow, you know, I squeaked it in, like, it felt good whether I didn't get the win in, what was it, game three. But, like, I felt like I was good. Um, and, obviously, Jimmy puts trust in me, so I was glad to, like, you know, get the opportunity and leave it all out there. But, yeah, the approach is difficult facing a lineup with no holes in it, you know, three mm-hmm. back-to-back-to-back, like, really good hitters, especially in Nick, who's been playing against me for years now and knows just about everything I've got. So it was hard, but, yeah. you know, I just trust my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Jimmy, was that sort of like 
did, did you see it going that way or were you kind of like, like what was your mindset behind that, behind just the way you manage the bullpen in the series? Yeah, so this was actually a really good topic for me because I remember after game one, obviously they put up four on me, but I feel like I didn't pitch all that bad. And I'm such a competitor that I wanted to take the ball game too. I really did. But I knew I also trusted Jonah. And I looked at him going into the second game and I was like, do you got this? And he looked me right in the eye and he's like, I got him. So I was like, all right, he feels good. I'm confident in him. And then game two, what I really liked about it is normally Jonah's slider is sitting around like 64 miles an hour. You always see that. But he was pumping it up game two. He was sitting in the 70s. He was hitting his spots and he looked good. And so going into game three, my mindset was I felt like Kyle was seeing me and Jonah about the same. But I felt like there was no way I could get Sailor out that day. There was no chance. Like everything I was throwing, he was hitting. And I thought Pearson was also seeing Jonah better. But I felt like the more dangerous hitter that we had to look at was Sailor. And if Sailor, Jonah did a good job controlling Sailor. He got him out. He hit some home runs off of him. But you watch Sailor's average slowly drop in that series, and that was all because when Jonah was on the mound. So if Jonah doesn't come up big in games two, three, and even four, he really saved my arm for game five. And then heading into game five, they hadn't even seen me that much this series. So I thought it was was just a really, like, all-around good job by Jonah to keep them off of me. They weren't thinking about me anymore heading into game five. Oh, they're always thinking about you. And that's why why I had all the success I think I did. I mean, they didn't see me in three games. I, I think that's really good insight. I feel like sometimes people, like fans and stuff, just think like, you know, not a lot of decision making goes into what the managers do. But you just riddled off all this, you know, very detailed like analysis of how you made your decision, which I think is is really cool. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jack. Oh no, Jack, you gotta come over to the Midwest Mallards where <laughs> careers come to die. I say. I don't want to pitch. You want to pitch? He says no. I said, and you, and, and, and you got to pitch, man. I don't want to well, pitch. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe that's just the difference in organizations, right there. <laughs> well, one was only slightly better than the other one this year, so maybe that's something yeah. to do with it. Uh, yeah. No, all jokes aside, congratulations to the D-backs once again. Now I have another kind of similar question for both teams, but um, let's start with the D-backs. You guys lost the first game of that of the series. Does that deflate the spirits at all? So after losing game one, I think we were okay. We knew that Sailor was going to be pitching game two, and we felt like we were going to see him a lot better than Kyle, which he ended up surprising us. I remember telling Sailor after the series, like, man, you've changed as a pitcher because last year we would have, we would have rocked him. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Sailor on the mound, we would, we would have rocked him. But he was just – he hits his spots, man. As we always say, there's nothing too fancy about him. He's hitting the corners, and that's all you have to do really to be successful is throw strikes. But yeah, after game one, we kind of all rallied together. I think Ben Wilson was kind of like a great glue guy for us. It was really hard for me to sit him, but he was like a good teammate about it. He was, he was always firing us up. You could see him on the bench the whole day one for games one, two, and three. He really fired us up after game one. He fired us up again in game three when we were down four nothing. He's like, mm-hmm. just trust yourself. Like, you guys are all good hitters. I, I'm a guy who never really gets too down. So I was, I was never too unconfident with this. I knew we could figure it out, and we'd start swinging the bats a little bit better. Okay, okay. How about you, Jonah? Same thing in your corner? Yeah, pretty similar. Like, I wasn't, you know, out of it. I wasn't down. But it was, like, it was almost like a wake-up call. It's like, we got to go now. Or, like, it's now or never. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's all on the line. So you got to put it all out there. Yeah, they're quick games. That definitely not a good feeling to be down in a series, like an elimination-type series. It's, like, hard to play catch-up. But Especially because I know you don't see it on video, but, like, we played those games back-to-back within, like, 15 minutes of each other. So it's, like, you're coming – fresh off that loss but it's like mm-hmm. 
you have to wipe it away, forget about it, and like game two, fresh start. Yeah, guys, isn't that the funniest thing about this? Is that the World Series was stretched over like you know a bunch of weeks, but really happened in like forty-eight hours. The entire series, all five games, crazy. It's so funny to see like people thinking it's like a weekly thing like we show up one game and then that's it and that's the video for the week and then we do that every single week but it literally happened under under two days so that's the craziest part about it i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want two days in september yep that's <laughs> right jim i emoji um now i wanted to ask the same thing to kyle and jackson we're tied up one one in a five game series and you guys lost a heartbreaker in game three what's the feeling in your dugout like after that um, honestly, it kind of sucked, but we knew there was, we just had to come ready to play. It was really no, no decision for me to go back to Sailor because I just gave up that home run to Jimmy. And I, I, just, I feel like I didn't have my stuff as good as I, as I previously did. And Nick's, Nick's been there all season long to kind of like save us or, or get us back on track, if you will. And he pitched a phenomenal game for, and we started to get around to Jonah. We always thought we'd, we'd, we'd get around to Jonah at some point. It was just a matter of time. You know, after so many at-bats of seeing that, that hook, that slider, that mm-hmm. curveball from that, that unique arm slot that Heath features, we finally got around to it. I think I hit two home runs and Sailor hit another one. So Jimmy made the great decision, obviously, go, to go back to him in game five. Um, but that game four victory, like, it, I thought that was really huge for us because it reminded me of 2020 um, in a similar situation. We were down 2-1 and we just lost in that game four. Mm-hmm off a walk-off home run. So for us to bounce back and kind of reverse that curse, our, our game four curse, I think that was huge for us. That's a big step for the franchise. That's a big I step. I agree. Was that, uh, Jackson, as a rookie, were you a bit intimidated facing an elimination, facing the season? And, like, as a rookie, too, like, do you feel, I'm always curious to hear from the new guys, like, does it feel like, even though it's just us 10, 15 guys at the Meadows, like, do you feel the pressure of 100,000-plus people watching at home, or does it feel more just, like, intimate, like, playing with your buddies type of thing? Uh, I mean, to me, obviously, I know that people are going to watch the videos and stuff, but I just try to keep it small circle. Just me, Kyle, Sailor, and whoever we're playing against, just having fun, playing some wiffle ball. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was clutch when we had that game four victory because it kind of propelled us in a way. And uh, like Kyle was saying, the decision to go to Sailor there, I think it was a great decision. And he's been been pitching well for us all year. So it was another great game by him. And got the job done when we needed it most, so it was awesome. Sailor's like a pepperoni pizza, man. He's nothing fancy, he's nothing too crazy. You know what you're getting. Sometimes it's not the best pizza, <laughs> sometimes it's great pizza, but it's always going to be there, and you're always going to be like, wow, that's, that's pretty good pizza. Yeah, I you mean, you're never, <laughs> never going to re- regret having it. Yeah, just cheese and pepperoni. It's a classic. It's a classic. Classic. Uh, Jonah and Jimmy, you know, you kind of touched on it, Jim, but um, both you guys, just how would you describe... Uh, the the difference in pitching between Sailor and Kyle because obviously you didn't see them in the regular season so you know for like the Magic we saw them once and then played them in the playoffs so we kind of knew what we were going to get but um, for you guys like what was that like was it frustrating or um, was it kind of what you expected and just took some time to get around to it you know what what were your thoughts on that yeah so definitely there's no secret they're a lot different Kyle throws most of his stuff from the side. Every now and then he'll come over, handle, throw you something straight or a drop, while Sailor's just pretty much one, maybe two pitches, live on the corners and throw strikes. And after game one, I was pretty nervous about having to face Kyle again. Kyle really came out. He mowed us down. I think we had one hit that game. I think Jonah hit a single, and that was our only hit. So it wasn't really looking good there. And as I've kind of mentioned before, I do a pretty good job of scouting pitchers. I have my whole notebook like what their pitches, what pitchers' tendencies are and things like that. And I would say Kyle was kind of the first guy this year 
where our notebook did not work. Like my first pitch I was sitting on was not the first pitch Kyle would throw me. He, it's almost like he knew that he's just smart. Like he knew what we were sitting on and that's not what he would give us. So game one, he really mowed us down. And then game two, again, sailor just, he lives on the corners, man. He throws strikes, trusts his defense. And that's what he does to get outs. So they're, it's definitely a great one-two punch. It's kind of something you wouldn't expect. I think one of the best one-two punches in the league for sure. And yeah, it was it was difficult to change. It's a chess match. It's a chess match, yeah. Jimmy. It is. Great Wiffle Mayans going at it in the in the World yep. Series. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, just like game five, complete chess match. For oh sure. my goodness. Chess match. Absolute chess match. But football can be chess. When you got two good teams out there, it definitely does turn into chess. Baseball is very much similar. So um this is a question for the group. Um, you know, what are, the, what are the group chats looking like after day one when the series is tied one-to-one, you're in extra innings, and we don't even finish the third game, and then you have to go home and try to, like, refocus the mind? Like, what do you, what do you tell in the squad between day one and day two of that World Series, which I think was taking place at the after the fourth inning in game three, heading to the fifth? For the, uh, for the Wildcats, it was actually surprisingly positive. Um, you know, game three when the... Um, what was it, third or fourth inning, it was delayed to the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of saved ourselves, and I got out of the clutch inning. It was bases yeah. loaded, two outs, and I struck out Jonah to kind of uh, postpone the, the, day, the game to the next day. And we kind of regrouped. Like, we all hugged it out on the field. Like, we're like, oh, this is great. This is just a reset. We can come ready to play tomorrow. So in the group chat that night, we were just like, let's just clear our minds. Let's just come ready to play tomorrow. Like, it could have been a lot worse. We could have literally just lost today. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, extended our life, and let's go win this game and go win the series the next day. Didn't happen, but we were positive after that day one. Yeah. How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, so for us, actually, I remember the one thing I told my guys on the car ride home and in the group chat that night was, hey, look, we have the advantage. I don't know if you guys, well, you guys obviously remember, but for the fans at home, we played a series just like that this year against the Gators where we had to come back the next day and finish mm-hmm. out a game in extra innings. So I was like, we've been here before. We know how to win this game. And I thought we had all the momentum. I know they just got out of that bases loaded jam, but I mean, we were down 4 nothing in the bottom of the third. There's not too many MLW teams who've came back from that much of a deficit this year. I don't know if any, honestly. 4 nothing is a lot of runs in a three-inning wiffle ball game. So we definitely, I felt like we had the advantage. We stayed positive. And I was like, if we get out of the first inning, I think we'll be able to walk it off in the bottom half, and that's exactly what happened. Spoke it into existence. I, I, yeah, prob- that, I thought that was literally the best game of the year. Like, not maybe the best game I've seen since being a part of the league. Game three? Honest, yeah. But- I think yeah. the fans think so too. Game five was, was right a, there though. Yeah, game three was a crazy yeah. game to be a part of. That game was nuts. I remember being down four nothing going to that last thing, and I kind of told myself, "We're we're in trouble here." But guys grinded out some good at bats, man. Guys on our team kept grinding out Kyle, getting that pitch count up, drawing walks, and then we were just a couple of swings away. Some crazy things happened, and they went our way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy, you said you felt like you had the momentum. I think which is great, a great place to be mentally. But I think from like a non-biased standpoint. Like, we couldn't have left day one with, like, it being more of a tie than what it was. Like, we're talking about a 1-1 series, extra innings, both teams getting out of complete jams. Like, I know in 2018, like, when I was in the World Series last time, um, we left the Meadows, the series tied 1-1. We haven't even started game three yet. But, like, I did feel like we had the momentum there because we won game two big, but then we ended up losing the next two games the second day anyway. But, um, yeah, I feel like I couldn't have, like, I left the Meadows genuinely excited to come back and see what happened because it was just such a great series. It was crazy. Uh, Jimmy and Jonah, I think that's so funny that you guys have had two games where you've had to, like, postpone to the next day or, like, just later in the week or whatever. Because I think in my 12 years of playing in MLW, Tommy, I don't think I've ever had a game 
until that game three where I had where it went so late that I had to come back another time. I've only had it once. It was against the Eagles in the playoffs. I do remember that. Yeah. I think it went to that went to like eight, dude. Yeah, that was miserable. I think it was twenty eighteen. Michigan State. Like that was nineteen <laughs> Saturday morning. That was a good game, but that dude, that's so funny. In in twelve years, it's never happened to me. And then Jimmy's and Jonah and Shima and Wilson, it's happened twice in the same season. Hey, and they made it happen. They're a dedicated squad. Yeah, that's what makes their season yeah. so much more special. It's just memorable, memorable game like that. Memorable games. Game three of the World Series. One of the greatest games ever for sure. All right, hold. Let me tell you. Go ahead. Not only is it hard to come back and play a game the ne- or finish a game the next day, but playing that game when it's borderline dark oh i'll tell you guys i'll tell every single person listening right now it was the i think fourth inning bases loaded two outs kyle having a full count <laughs> oh 110 admit i was never in my life swinging at that pitch jonah bro i've <laughs> i've never felt more anxious on a mound in a wiffle ball game that from an outsider's perspective looks so meaningless i've never been so stressed out than that at bat right there i'm not even gonna lie nowhere to put them yeah. that was the that was the game ball four strike three that's that why that's why I celebrated so much like we won the game is because like oh my god we just escaped that super stressful like daunting that's, inning. Hey, that's the veteran. That's a veteran move. Just got out of Clutch it. Pitch. But I mean I, I knew I knew you were taken, Jonah. I knew you were hundred percent taken. Had to throw your riser right <laughs> down the middle. The Put it off the pipe. Yep. The same thing before and I swung at ball four. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you, so I was like, you know what? Not doing it, especially in the dark. I was, it's hard to. Oh, dude, hard. I could barely see the zone. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Was, uh, we can get into that. I was either hitting the zone or missing it. I'm not moving the bat off my shoulder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, let's get into that a little bit more. Um, we finished that third inning. Intensity's high. Emotions are high. I'm feeling stressed because there's a lot of close calls happening. I think everyone's kind of on edge. We're approaching darkness quickly. But obviously, everyone's so amped up, and immediately all the Diamondbacks are like, let's go to the fourth, let's play, let's play, let's play. We don't care if we have to hit in the dark. Um, it was just the, moment, the momentum type thing. Is that why you guys wanted to keep going? Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I remember saying we have the momentum right now. We really don't want to have to come back and finish that game and give them a chance to kind of regroup after our large comeback. I felt like if we played that night, we had a better chance of winning. And I still, I don't, I don't second guess that. I don't regret my decision to want to keep playing. I think the Wildcats wanted to keep playing too, anyways. So I think we were both on the same page. And yeah, at the end of the day, it was, it was still fun playing that night and the momentum we had all of it. So why not keep going? Yeah, Kyle, why did you agree to this? Well, I was gonna say no because I thought they were gonna say no, and they said they were like really wanting to play, and I knew that they would have to hit in the bottom half of the inning, so mm-hmm. it would be really hard to hit me, and it really just come down to me throwing strikes. So I guess I had confidence in myself that that would be. A better situation for us like they're not gonna be able to hit me in the bottom half of the inning like and it's gonna be it, it's gonna be even lighter for us when we try to hit mm-hmm. so I mean I just thought we had the advantage just in terms of darkness versus lightness yeah I thought you lightness, did too but word? I didn't really think about like you having then to like see the zone clearly like when you're pitching I didn't really like think that. about that but I, I mean I could still see it pretty fine I just knew it'd be even harder to hit a wiffle ball in the bottom of the fourth mm-hmm. when it's super dark outside so I when Jimmy and Jonah were like like saying, let's play this, play this, play. It's like, oh my god, why are they doing that? Like, yeah, it's kind of favors us in my mind. But I mean, it really didn't matter. Both 
Both teams threw shutouts. I it think was in the fourth. It was a scoreless frame. Scoreless um, frame. Honestly, I'm gonna take blame for that. I probably should have just shut it down. But <laughs> no, it made for a great I mean, entertainment. Product. It was entertaining. That's why I let it go. I let it go. But uh, maybe I. Sh- I don't know. Who who knows what should have been done or shouldn't have been done. But at the end of the day, it was a great inning. Scoreless frame, but like drama. Both teams had base runners. I think if yep. I'm remembering correctly. So um, yeah, it was great. I think maybe it would be a good idea for us to invest in like some floodlights because what would add more intensity but extra inning game under the lights wiffle ball that it, could be that could be next level intensity it'd be sick i would 100 percent say that once we have our um if we ever move to a new facility on our own you know our own field on our own property um i yeah. would pretty much guarantee you that there will be lights there but yep. meadows not our property and you say like, oh, you could just bring floodlights and like extension cords. The problem with that is that unless you somehow get those elevated, you know, 40 plus feet into the air, like they're basically blinding you. So, True. and like balls that are hit high in the air just go over the lights anyway. So you need like professional grade, lots of dollars, lights implemented. Very but true. we'll get there one day, boys. We'll get there one day. But yeah, I can't wait till we play night games. Like that'd be, that'd be I know, so it'd be cool. Insane. It'd, be, it'd just that'd be, be like sweet. the Oklahoma series, but like weekly or bi-weekly. It'd be sick. Oh my god, that's gonna be nuts. Could you imagine, that, dude? What if like a typical MLW? I'm just, I'm just freestyling here. Like in just the in the, in the future, like in the summer, we start them at like 7 p.m. Just like a pro baseball game. So game threes always end up at night. Yeah. Like the end of it, it'd be sick. That'd be perfect. It would be sick too. Um, I wonder what the uh, cost is to just like run lights, like versus having them off. Like I wonder how expensive it is just to have like powerful lights on like that. Anybody got electricity knowledge? How many kilowatt hours of energy are we using there? Uh, no idea. <laughs> I was hoping for something better. <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll look into it, Jack. I'll have to, I'll have to figure that out. I'll figure that one All out righty. before we uh, build build any lights anytime soon. I I got another question. If we're if we're running out of questions here. Oh no, we're still um, going. Okay. Um, this is for both the the managers here. Uh, if if you could play the series over again, if anything. Would you do something different, or would it be a couple things, or do you have no regrets? Give me your give me your thoughts on that. You want to go yeah, first, Jim? Me, sure, Jack. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't think I would change a thing that I did. I think uh, every move I made, I made, and the guys kind of backed me up and they agreed with it. And I overall, I just every move I made, I think I thought it through pretty good. I know I got some DMs and some comments questioning some things about showing a pitch in game four and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think it set us up really good for game five. And game five was an absolute chess match. And I chess match, and I think I put all my pieces in the right places there. So I have no regrets about how I managed this series for sure. Um, to, be, to be honest with you, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna i be lying if I said no. Uh, I, I kind of look at the game two. I knew this was coming. Um, I'm not going to say what was like, like what happened, but I mean, it's obvious like Jimmy Norp hit a, hit a big home run when – he could have been on base with you know, it was two outs too, so I kind of looked to that. But I mean, it's it's kind of like a pick and choose thing. It's like, well, we if we had some more runs in that game, like that wouldn't have mattered. So that didn't lose us right. the game per se, but that decision kind of fell on me. And I feel like if I could do it again, I'd probably um, put Norp on there in that game too. But other than that, I thought I called a pretty good series. I think Norp called a flawless series. Um, yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't think it was decided on on that home run. But if I could. Put our, give ourselves a better chance to win, I'd probably put Norp on base in that third inning in game two. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I I just asked the question because from an outsider's perspective, I don't know what either of you guys could have done differently in, in that series. And I think that's why it went 
so long is because, or it went the full length is because it was a chess match and you guys pulled out all the stops and I thought you made all the right moves. So I just wanted to hear if, you know, you guys had any other insights, but. I appreciate that, Jack. I do want to clear the air maybe a little bit. Maybe there's like a, uh, a misconception that I didn't even think about walking Norp in that, uh, for like in that game too, but the way I edited it, it was pretty quick. But me and Sailor, we kind of had like a little meeting and that was kind of my initial thought to walk Norp and we ended up not doing it. So that one's going to hurt me for a while <laughs> because it definitely shifted the series. But again, like mistakes like that are going to happen and it's our job to bounce back from it. We didn't. Um, they earned it. They earned every single bit of it and they deserve to be champs. They played a flawless series managed well by Jimmy Norp. What's your two guys, you two being, you know, I look at you guys as, you know, some of the best managers in the league, especially based on the moves we saw in that series. Um, like, how do you balance, you know, taking the reins and saying, no, we're doing this versus, like, being a people pleaser type thing? Because, you know, it's not like you have a team of, like, you know, 15 guys you're leading out there and, like, we need a decision maker. But, you know, you're, it's a very small, intimate group and you don't want to seem like a jerk to anybody. So, like, how do you balance doing what you think is best versus taking your players' input in a big series like that? Mm, that's a good question. This is not even related to that situation. This yeah, is just no. a general question. I, I love to hear everybody out, um, but I feel like there is this assumed notion when you enter an organization like MLW and you know how serious it is that like, at the end of the day, you might have to uh, value what gives you the best chance to win if that means sitting your friends. Like You've been in this position. Mm -hmm. Daniel's been in this position. Like It might come down to that. It might, it might be playing your draft pick over a guy that's been in this league for a decade plus. Um, it just kind of comes to that, and everybody in this league has been so good with respecting that and understanding that. Mm -hmm. There's no hard feelings with anybody. Um, so it, it's definitely a, a fine line to walk, but I feel like every manager, honestly, in this league did a great job with that this year. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. and adding on to that, like Kyle said, the guys just have a tremendous respect. Like after game one, obviously Shima really struggled, and I kind of walked over to him. I said, hey, I got to take you out right now, but you know you're going to be back in at some point, so we'll be ready to go. And he understood. He's like, yeah, I know I struggled game one. I need somebody to pick me up. And the same thing happened with Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson struggled in game two, and he, he kind of came up to me after game two, and he said, so what are we looking like for game three? What's the lineup? And I said, I got to be honest, Ben. I, I like the way Shima's swinging the bat a little bit better right now. And he understood. He respected it. He goes, okay, if you think that's what's best for the team, that's what's best for the team, let's do it. And it's kind of like a democracy, you know, like pitching. Me and Jonah talk it through. It's not like, hey, Jonah, I'm going to pitch this game. You're sitting. It's, Jonah, how do you feel? Do you feel like you can be successful right now? And if you feel good to go, you go ahead and you go do your thing. Yeah, it's a tough balance. It's for sure a tough balance, but it sounds like you did a uh, pretty darn good job. So props to you, Jim. Dude, it's, uh, it's, so, it's so cool to think about, though, because like, these are the decisions that like pro organizations in baseball have to think about. Like, do you sit the the veteran who's been on your team, who's who's had who's been in the big games, or do you start like this young hotshot five star? Like, it's the same with college football too. Like, mm -hmm. like balancing like expectations versus talent versus friendship. It's it's a really cool dynamic that's entering MLW, and I think it, it makes for a great product. And I think I think it's been a really cool transition this past couple of years with this draft implementing it and really sparking this whole thing. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Hey, a lot a lot of thought goes into this. I know it's just friends it really playing does. football, but it's a lot of calculated moves. I mean, it is, it's kind of exactly what you think it'd be, though. Like, it's the same way when we were 10 years old playing with our friends, like, yeah. when we weren't, like, filming and stuff like, like that. Like, should I text him to come play? We don't really need him, but... Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just on a larger <laughs> scale as Jimmy's <laughs> laughing. I mean, no, those things happen. It's tough. Um, I'm sure you guys experience similar things, like, even when you're picking people on the playground. I mean, like, everything. It all comes down to decisions, and sometimes decisions are harder than others. But, um, 
you know, on a league that's as competitive as ours and so much goes into it, a lot of time and a lot of effort from, you know, 40-plus guys, um, you know, these moves like this are important to try to win games and please your fan base and, uh, you know, walk away with the trophy. So I don't think... I don't think I know of anybody in this league who takes things too personally in terms of that. And it sounds like um, Norp and Kyle, both of you guys, are pretty fortunate in that situation as to um, the bond you have with your players. Hey, Tommy and Jack, I actually have a question for Jimmy. Yeah, go ahead. Jimmy Norp, what do you think about the Mets signing Max Scherzer and about four other guys in the past (laughs) couple days? Are you loving it? I'm loving it. My family in New York's loving it. It's oh, crazy. The baby. The Mets, the Mets are going all in. I mean, Max Scherzer's now the highest paid player ever per year. $43 million a year. And the dude's 38 years old. At so 38? Much. Wait, yep, how many, how many years is his contract? Three-year three. deal. 43 and a half, I think, a year for three years. Couldn't, At couldn't 38? Believe couldn't believe it. But you know what? Much money that Printing yeah, money over there. monster of DeGrom and Scherzer for three years. Yeah, so well, yeah, yeah the funniest thing is that. that the funniest thing ever is that Scherzer's not even going to be the opening day starter. <laughs> it's gonna no, be, he's not. It's going to be DeGrom. Ever number two. I'm telling you, I think, Scher- I think <laughs> highest paid player ever. I think Scherzer has a very good agent. Who is his agent? Because he left Detroit Scott for a big Morris. bag, too. Dude, I'm telling you, that guy's making the right moves. I need that guy representing me in MLW. He's like that, tell him to bring me my money meme. Yeah, that's literally him right now. It literally is. Someone else got paid today, too. Corey Seager. Yeah, Rangers, right? Yeah, he got a big Everybody but the Tigers is getting in on the action. Mm -hmm. We're out here signing like minor league deals. Like, let's get Correa. Let's drop 300 mil. Uh, Jimmy, if I had to sign you, how many years would I want you for is the question. Do I give you the max? <laughs> oh, to be, honest, got, to be got, honest with you guys, I think about this all the time of like if we had no salary cap and we have like millions and millions of dollars, like who would be getting luxury like I don't luxury know. Uh, deals and stuff? I mean, I, I do see competitive whifflers out there that are playing well into their 30s and that are still really good. But yep. I don't know, man. My, my peak athleticism is already gone, man. North Tom, I got one. I got one good year left in me. Once I turn twenty-one, <laughs> I'm, I'm washed. Yeah, no, I think I peaked athletically at nineteen. I think that was my athletic peak. Ever since then, it's been downhill. <laughs> but hey, maybe it's like maybe I'm like a stock that just took a, a couple-year hiatus. Now I'm about to just skyrocket to the moon. You never know. But you can buy we'll the see. dip. Yeah, buy the dip, boys. Buy the. Jer- I'm buying the dip on Tommy. Buy the Coughlin jerseys while they're on clearance. They're gonna be <laughs> collectible. Dude, how item funny next that year. would that be? Maybe like April Fool's Day or something. I make a clearance section in the site, and it's just your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> My jersey's gonna be make in- it dirt cheap. My garage is just full of Tommy Coughlin jerseys right now. I got. <laughs> you get it? It's just dusty. Yeah, it's been in there for t- three years. In 2018, plus. boys. Like, or I should say, no one. When, when did we get? Last year, 2020. I gambled. I bought a thousand units of those jerseys. I only sold 40. <laughs> I got 960 jerseys sitting in my garage. So if anyone wants one, you can have one for a ham sandwich. Oh, Tommy, have you plugged the new merch yet on this podcast? I plugged it last week. I was gonna get into it at the end of this little interview here. Check we're, out we're the kind s- of check out the skippers tee on the site. It's one of my favorite merch products I, we've I ever done before. It's a, it's a champion long sleeve tee. It's got the eight heads, little uh, what do you call them? Like little um, cartoon figured almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a little silhouette. Drawing. Little silhouette, yeah, that's the word. Silhouette. Um, all eight of them on there. It looks really sick. As we shout out my guy Cole. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cole story forty one design the guy. Um, we are slowly derailing here from this World Series uh, roundtable <laughs> discussion, but I love it. Uh, Jack, do you have anything else you wanted to ask these fellas? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess for both teams, um, I, we can start with the Diamondbacks. Obviously, an incredible year, able to get it done in the World Series. How do you how do you sort of get the team motivated to uh, to repeat next year? I mean, right now, you know, video's just coming out, words getting out, everyone's kind of just finding out what happened. I know we knew for a while, but, like, we're a little bit still on cloud nine right now, you know, <laughs> like, living it up, all excited. But, like, I definitely think, like, 
clear mind next year. You know, this year has no effect on next year. Like, we got to go back in with same same mentality, like same effort, all that. It's not going to be handed to us. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason or whatever, but, you know, whatever team we have next year, we got to just come in with just, you know, like I said, a clear mind and 100% effort. And, Kyle, what do you think sort of, uh, you know, obviously you made it there, had a great season, great team. How do you bounce back and try to get back next year? Yeah, I mean, Jackson, he'll probably say the same thing, but we're so motivated going into next year. Like, we went as far as possible in a season without winning. Like, I'm not even kidding. Extra innings in game five. So, yeah. like, I, I've never had this feeling going into the next season. Like, last year, the Gators beat us, and they beat us pretty handily in the, in the series, so I really couldn't really hang my head. It's like they were the better team, but we were so close at many times, and we didn't get the World Series title where it's really actually motivating me going into next year. Yeah. So I think you'll see a very inspired Wildcats team from beginning to end next year, and, again, we'll try to another, win another chip. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the motivation would be a question for you guys, obviously, falling short, but... Um, you know, here we are now just starting the off season. Do you think that, or do you have any sort of mind or moves, you know, in your head or things you're going to do, or you think it, it'll mostly just be kind of the core three that we saw this year for the Wildcats? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, build off the core three. Um, I, I'm really high on Jackson. I mean, I, I, I to be an all-star in your first year in MLW, like, I don't care what you say, like, that's pretty impressive. And then Sailor, obviously he is a, just a freak of nature. He'll be back better than ever. And we do have a draft pick. So to be honest with you, I haven't really like gone through the board of like prospective guys I could join the Cats because I've been so involved with just making the videos and planning tournaments and stuff like that. But as this winter rolls along, I'll take a nice deep dive and see what we actually need and see what could help us. Because I, I for one, really embrace the draft and I think it's very useful every single year. And I, I mean, there's really no negatives, honestly, for for the draft. And I always like to pick a guy that could really make a difference from day one. So I guess that'd be my my. Uh, my criteria for looking at this draft board going into the next season. Jackson, what about you just on an individual, uh, you know, individual outlook? What, what are your goals for next season in your sophomore year? I think me and Kyle, like he said, we're going to be really, really motivated next year. And when, when we lost that, and because you got to remember back in 2020, Kyle lost on a walk-off to Cheatham. Yep. And so th this is the second World Series that we've lost, my first, but I've been a Cats fan. I've been watching the videos for years, and I've been – I wanted to win that really, really bad, and you, you could tell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to be really motivated, and honestly, I, I just – I'm really excited for next year because I've never, like – people, like, they don't believe that the league is, like, this big, but I, I promise that – I don't know. This league's amazing, and I, I'm just ready for next season because I'm so excited. I, 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 you don't understand how much I want to win. Wait, Jackson, I have a question for you, bro. It's so fascinating to me that like you grew up a Cats fan, and then you're on the team. Like that's such a cool concept for me. Like even though it's a wiffle ball league, for you to for you to say that, that's that's, that's super special to me. Like, how would you just sum up the year? Like watching a team and then eventually playing on it and getting to these the World Series and these big videos are getting like 100k views and. I mean that the world's the, like all these get videos you're just blowing up and you're this big this big personality on the team now like how would you just sum up the year in your first season I mean I know when I got drafted I got literally I did not expect it I probably got like a hundred or more DMs of just saying congratulations which was awesome and so yeah my phone was blown up right off the bat and then after I had three home runs in the Mallard series yep. to start I had plenty of kids just texting me and they were like I see a lot of potential in you 
And then I, and then I continued to play well. I hit two homers in the Cobra series, had a good ALDS. And then, um, so, I mean, yeah, it was really cool to see people and just kids reaching out to me in not just online, but at the tournaments, yep. like Wiffle in the Mitten, Illinois, and then we're going to Texas soon. So I know kids are going to be reaching out to yep. me there and they're going to be saying like, obviously these kids know me, which is pretty cool. And um, just from watching the videos. So big thanks to Kyle. You're the standard, man. You're the standard. Like for every, every kid that wants to join MLW, like look at Jackson's dedication and his, his passion for MLW. I mean, that's, that's what we love to see. Absolutely. That's good stuff right there. Keep I got one more question for Jim. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, congratulations on World Series MVP. It's quite an accomplishment. Um, what percentage of that accomplishment would you credit to those luscious locks on your shoulders? <laughs> um, I credit all my wiffle ball talent to my luscious locks. I think if I think if I cut them, I would never be the same wiffle ball player again. So, you know, maybe maybe I'll cut them in the winter, but by by May, the luscious locks will always be there. You can count on it. That's the answer I was looking for. Exactly. I don't think you're half the player you are if you don't if you have <laughs> Me short neither. hair. I mean, yeah. The long hair makes you faster too. I swear. It does. That's a 100%. fact. That's yeah. definitely a fact. It's got to be some sort of aerodynamics. Yeah, yeah it's just physics. <laughs> simple, simple high school physics. Simple exactly. high school physics. All right, that's all I had for you, Tom. I think that's a wrap, boys. It's a good little note to end on, I think. All the players here involved, congratulations on a great series. Um, Wildcats, I know you guys are going to bounce back stronger than ever. Diamondbacks, congratulations on the World Series win. Thanks, fellas. I'll talk to you guys soon. Adios, Tom. Thanks for the time. Adios. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Later, boys. Good seeing you all. What a great pod. Really enjoyed this one. Nice little group setting. Hope you guys liked it. A um, couple things to plug here. Of course, we are heading down to Houston, Texas, this weekend, a squad of, I think, 11, right? Yeah, we've got nine MLW guys, a couple more staff members, yeah. so a group of 11 will be heading down to Houston, yeah. Texas. It's going to be a great time. First down, first time for me down in Texas, besides I've been in the airport briefly um, when we were going to Oklahoma. Yeah, on behalf of MLW. Never, never stepped foot in Texas, so um, I'm, happy to, I'm excited to see the, see the area, see the Houston area. Excited to meet all you guys heading down there. Um, also, we just announced literally tonight that we are heading to Phoenix, Arizona, I think Mesa, right? Mesa, Arizona. It's a little, little right by Phoenix. Yep. January twenty first, twenty third. Kyle's birthday. I know. Twenty second. I'll be there running a wiffle ball tournament on my birthday. That's the dedication of an entrepreneur, folks. Gotta <laughs> be working on your birthday. Oh, my birthday doesn't matter. I'm one of those guys that literally won't do anything on their birthday uh, and like too. won't regret yeah. it. That's fine. But yeah, City of Mesa. They're presenting the presenting sponsor, if you will. It's gonna be right there in Metro Phoenix. Um, and we're doing it. We've, we've never been out West. So mm -hmm. I could see some like California kids driving in like, um, Nevada, like Vegas area, Phoenix. Like, I think we could really draw from a good area and the sponsor, they've been doing really good. We've been planning this for like months mm -hmm. and it's going to be one of our biggest terms yet. We've got, we've got, since the city's involved, they're talking about bringing, you know, food trucks in and all these sponsors and all these vendors. It's going to be one of the biggest events we've ever done. So, uh, if you're in the area, if you want to travel to it, MLWWiffleball.com. That's where the signups and rules are. Sign up. You won't regret it. All right, fellas. Thanks for tuning in. Jack, thank you. Kyle, thank you. We will see you boys and girls next time. I got one more thing, and it's going to go in the bloopers because I know Jimmy's going to say the right thing here. I know we're on the same wavelength, Jimmy. Don't let me down here. All right, pretend we're on the field. Game 5 just wrapped up. I'm a news reporter. 
Jimmy Narp, you've just won the World Series. What are you going to do now? I'm going to Chili's. I'm yes, I knew, Chili's. I knew you were going to say Chili's. I knew it. I'm getting the Crispers tied. They're going to clap oh. my